Is that what I'm saying? Rough Trade Radio. 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 How's that? Hi, welcome back to Rough Trade Radio. My name is Matt, and we're joined by very special guests, Mount Kimby. We've got Kai and Dom in Rough Trade East today. Welcome, guys. Hey, how's it going? Thank you. How's everything? Good, yeah. Feeling caffeinated. Good. Mm -hmm. So you guys just got back, what was it, a month ago from America? Sounds about right, yeah. And how was that tour? It was really good fun. We uh, had new people on the road, new new band members, and uh, lots of new music, and... We hadn't toured for a really long time, and uh, so it was really good to kind of, you learn a lot doing, um, playing every single night in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you learn a lot of stuff that you can't learn, um, just kind of like sporadic gigs, so um, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. Did you play kind of in the round every night, or was that just... No. That no. was just Chicago? That was just Chicago. That place... Uh, is not um, a <laughs> no. I was just going to say it was a funny one. We haven't played played in the states for ages, so we, I think that tour was booked when everybody thought our album would already have been out. Right. So instead of playing to like two hundred people in a twelve hundred people uh, room, we decided to kind of make the room smaller by playing in the middle of it and mm-hmm. uh, give everyone something else that was a bit different. And it was really good. Yeah. yeah. Was the posture of that performance kind of similar to how you work in the studio, like kind of staring at each other? Uh, <laughs> at the beginning of rehearsal, we, we kind of rehearsed like that. Yeah, when we start out so everyone can see each other. Cool. So then, yeah, you just mentioned too, the record wasn't out yet. Mm-hmm. What was it like introducing people to it with the live setting? That was cool. I mean, we're at a point now where we've got, uh, you know, three albums worth of pretty different sounds. Um, so I think the main thing with us playing live is trying to get some kind of cohesion between all of those different things um and so we've kind of gone back in on a lot of the older um tracks uh with our new band and kind of working through those and you know making them exciting to play again that's cool so every period is represented in the set then yeah i mean to a certain extent yeah i mean the main focus is definitely on the new stuff um that's that's what this band's been built to do um, is to really use this as a kind of launch pad for whatever else is next. That's cool. And I had read that um, the drummer who drums with Mikachu's band... Yeah, is Mark. In the, Mark, cool. Mark Pell. Has he been a long-term member? Uh, about a year now, but um, within that year we haven't really done much. So, um, yeah, we've only done that US tour and then kind of sporadic gigs in the, around this summer and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, but he's kind of been around for... A little while, or just like, it hasn't actually felt like very long because we haven't uh, toured so much. But he's um, a really important kind of presence actually in the whole. I mean, the guy's just uh, a bit of a um, brilliant person and musician, mm. and uh, yeah, lots of real, ideas. A real pillar of the set now. Absolutely, yeah. I can't imagine the can't initial imagine the, him. the initial um, idea for a drummer was to get someone who who was uh, some resemblance to Mark. So having the Mark uh, yeah. involved is really. Uh, yeah, it's Mark amazing. was the kind of, uh, yeah, the, the basis, like, we could find somebody like that guy, Mark Pell, and then he was around, so it worked out pretty yeah, well. couldn't have worked out any yeah. better than that. <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into um, a little block of music here. Let's do two, the first two tracks. So let's talk about Suicide. Yeah. Um, 
I guess it picked it out because um, in a way it was influential on the record and uh, there's something about that record that sums up something that, not that we were trying to do at all, um, but around the end of the last time me and Dom were spending a lot of time together making music, doing the last record, Dom was playing more kind of getting more and more into like older soul records and we'd been kind of experimenting with, with kind of older drum machines in the studio and um, really enjoyed that and uh, Dom had been looking at kind of early uses of certain kind of drum machines in, in soul music and then that led to kind of uh, looking at them in, in other areas as well and, and one record that would come up was um, the first Suicide album and uh there's something freeing about the the idea of using drum machines with um, pre-built rhythms in them, which is very different to like the approach that we took at the beginning of our careers. And um, yeah, this this record kind of shows that something can kind of sound, you know, the same over the course of four minutes, but really um, take you on a journey and, and transcend uh, transcend the, the the initial idea of what. A, drum machine was made for or something like that yeah. and uh, I mean a lot of that is to do with the vocals obviously um, but it just shows that the, the, there's a kind of life in these things that is kind of hard to put your finger on yeah so did you track down a bunch of kind of original gear for this uh, you know the thing is that you don't like I really uh, don't want to um, just look backward and, and kind of you. as interesting as that stuff is it's kind of interesting because it happened in that time and um, and so yes and no, they did kind of. You are we're definitely uh, attracted to older gear, which had an older feel to it, an older approach to it. Um, because on some level, there's a something about letting go of control of the way that kind of electronic music gear has gone. It's been about more and more control, and um, I think the music reflects that in a way. And the, and we were getting interested in music that that seem to have less control over the kind of finer details of it. So we were attracted to stuff that had that spirit whilst also trying to kind of push forward and, you know, take the good things about today as well. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about the second pick then. So yeah. we have uh, Umu Sangare. Umu Sangare, um, and uh, it's off of a first record, which is called um, Musulu, uh, which is also the name of the track that we're going to play. But um, Umu came in to... Um, uh, one of our uh, radio shows on NTS and that was uh, quite an event trying to cram must have been sort of 20 odd people into that tiny little cabin um, but yeah she was phenomenal she, did, she actually did a couple of tracks live on the radio and then uh, through a translator talked to us for a little bit and then we went to see her that night at Village Underground and really enjoyed the show um, so yeah it's great to kind of have this on vinyl now yeah that's cool Let's hear these two. Let's hear Suicide Cherie and Umu Sangare Musulu. Oh, baby, 
So I wanted to talk a little bit more about that NTS residency too. Mm. It, I thought it was incredible. Cheers. Yeah, I love the just the the attention to detail, and it was so good from like the custom Mount Kimby drop in there. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it was it was a lot of work, but a lot of fun. Um, I think we kind of underestimated how much time you had to invest in doing a show. Well, initially, it was once every week. I think we were doing yeah, it once we every Yeah, when we started out, it was once every week, yeah. Yeah, and it's just a lot of music. And um, it was great. It was actually quite important, I think, in the formation of, of this album for us, you know, having to actively seek new music um, and, you know, kind of, the creativity that we wanted to bring to to the radio show we didn't really want it to just be sort of like us playing songs we wanted to have friends and people we look up to come in um and also kind of touch a little bit on some more sound design type stuff but yeah it was great it was a new challenge and i think radio is something that both of us connect to and and want to do more of yeah and you also handled the the geographic distance in a really interesting way too like right. i feel like the london shows had a a certain personality and the LA based ones had a yeah. kind of complimentary vibe too. Oh nice. I'm glad that came across. Yeah, it was really cool. Um and also I feel like you have this great platform with that show and even with the records too, where all the people you invite to collaborate and guest on tracks, it seems like you're not limited at mm. all in any way. Mm. Like the list is super diverse from like Caitlin Aurelia Smith to mm. Warpaint and and Umu Sangare was there mm. too. I mean it's a really it's not easy to do. Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're. I mean, it was it was an experience because we basically formulated a list of people that we'd be really keen to have on, and pretty much all of them eventually did come on. And um, I think really it comes from the fact that we've never blocked off any anything. And know, they're not they're not really kind of genre acts, kind of any of them, you know. And I think we probably sit in that as well. And um, that's. It's not to say there's anything kind of. Uh, there's plenty of stuff that I like. that's like straight up one one genre, but they all sit somewhere in the in between multiple things, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, do you have any favorite record shops around the world that you grab some of this music from? Any good ones in LA? We might. I mean, I I used to like Amoeba, but then they don't have any uh, places to listen to the records, which is ah, something right. that I can never understand. But um, I don't know. I mean, me, I actually went into. Uh, I forget the name of it. It's on Melrose Avenue, and um, it's basically just classical and jazz, and it's quite famous because the owner there is is a piece of work, uh, and uh, he does his best to kind of get you out the door as quickly as possible. Um, I forget what it's called, but yeah, we had a me and James Blake went in there actually, and we had a really interesting experience, um, which basically ended up with uh, the guy telling James that his mum and dad knew nothing. Uh, which is quite, which is great. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It, uh, that that, that's probably the one that sticks out. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, I'm sure a lot of people know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that kind of customer service is hard to beat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he actually came round after a while and it was kind of, um, sort of felt like you were under his wing after a while, this oh, guy. Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's a hard trust to earn. But yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> any, any great London shops that uh, stand out to you? Um... Honestly, I don't really go record shopping in London very often. Um, found a few bits in the place up on uh, Church Street in Stoke Newington. Uh, oh, yeah. Lucky Seven? That's it. Yeah, that's a great shop. Um, but I'm not sure I would say it's like my favorite record shop or something like that. I don't know. Um, yeah. No, I don't know. The internet. The internet. Okay, yeah. cool. 
Well, on that note, should we hear uh, two more tracks? Sure. So what what do you want to hear next? Should we? Let's go with. Uh, oh yeah, we're gonna do this. Am I going English or American? I'm not sure. Let's go English because everything else is. Okay, we're gonna listen to the wedding present. Um, everyone thinks he looks daft. So where did you first hear this record? This one um, was. Uh, I had this because it was my mum's record. This one from her collection. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just one that's kind of st- stuck around in in my life. Every now and again, I kind of put it on, and um, there's something. Uh, I guess it kind of there's something incredibly British about it, and um, kind of jangly and slightly um out of tune and kind of brilliant and um yeah there's just kind of energy and thing something something about it is just kind of stuck around i just think it's a really really great song yeah that's cool and then your next pick was joanna newsome mm. and we're gonna hear leaving the city mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about your relationship to that one um i guess i, I picked it out because i kind of the, most of this stuff has had some kind of influence on us and uh, you know, music can be many things, and Joanna Newsome absolutely has n- no influence on what we do because I think it's it's completely different music. Quite, um, and quite often in these situations, you're picking out stuff that kind of reflects what you're doing somewhat, you know. And these things are quite stripped back when it comes to us. And Joanna Newsome's quite, you know, convoluted, and kind of, uh, you have to kind of invest quite a lot of time into into the record. It's not really worth dipping in and out. I don't think. Um, but I love it all the same and probably easily one of my favorite records from last year. I really hope it was from last year. I'm not sure. I think it was 2016. We can overdub the correct year. If you yeah. Want. I don't know. I just mean in terms of time passing in my life, you know, I really think it was last year. Um, and, uh, leaving the city was one track that was just mind blowingly great. Awesome video as well. And, uh, it just seems to kind of, I mean, I'm sure there is some technical explanation, but this song just keeps, keeps unraveling and unraveling and getting kind of more and more grand and um yeah couldn't be more different to our music but it's it, it was just a really really great song great let's take a listen so first we got the wedding present everybody thinks he looks daft joanna newsome leaving the city oh why do you catch my eye then turn away i thought we said all the things we to say So said he saw you holding hands with your new friend How does it feel to know you just won again Don't give me that Is it worth seeing Everyone thinks he looks Was really full 
after our good run when the speed ends beneath no one in my scent and that is all I So one of the long-term uh, Rough Trade staffers over at our West shop is Sean Forbes. He plays in this oi punk band called Hardskin. Have you heard this band? I know. They're just, they're incredible. Okay. And uh, through a friend of a friend, Joanna Newsom actually guests stings on one of their tracks. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a, it's a cool, it's a cool context to hear her voice in. Because mm-hmm. like you said, like, you know, it's, her records are kind of, you know. Dense. Uh, dense mm-hmm. and layered and delicate. And yep. this is just like a, Belting out a punk ballad. Sure. Yeah, it's incredible. What are they called? Hard Skin. Okay. Cool. Yeah, they're a London band. Really good. So you've got a show coming up in November. Mm. I think it's your biggest London headline show so far? Yeah. Yeah, the Roundhouse. Yeah, the Roundhouse in Camden. Um, one that we're really looking forward to. Uh, I mean, it's always a big, big deal when we play in London. And uh, we've always wanted to play Camden as well. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> yeah, we did... Uh, have we ever played there before? Yeah, I remember doing, um, what was that festival they did there? It's, uh, not Stag and Dagger. No. Um, it's been going on for years. Was it Meltdown? No. No, no, no I think. It's across cool. loads of different venues, isn't it? Yeah, really grotty. Uh, it's it's really famous. Um, never mind. It's like proper indie fest back in the day. I can't remember. It's going to bug me now. But yeah, um, we'll probably be doing the Camden Crawl. Camden Crawl. <laughs> yeah, that was it. I remember crawling around with all our gear. <laughs> yeah. Um, Last time was yeah, like fifty people. So this time is slightly bigger than. Yeah, know. yeah, and uh, in theory, mm, um, it's always a big deal because it kind of kicks off the the beginning of the cycle for us, like proper. Um, and it, yeah, it's gonna be great to like with all the shows go go out there and play loads of new stuff. Um, got a lot of family coming, of course, lots of friends. So yeah, really looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be a nice homecoming. Mm. Cool. Well, I think on for our final note, I want to choose a track. Want to play uh, King Cruel feature on the new album? Okay, Blue Train Lines. Mm-hmm. Cool. So thanks for coming by, guys. Nice. And um, let's hear Blue Train Lines from the new Mount Kimby. Love what survives. Out eighth uh, of September. Warp right. Records. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks for awesome. having us. Thank you. Another thing that threw up in my mind Like the razor blade and her wrist Locked in a closet of deep space nine Deposit for a wasted life I lost it with a sweepstakes eye And another fucking fight A junkie in the queue for the library line That's another lost sight A stabbing of his eyes Her veins are now popping like blue train lines Still popping on the bathroom floor And not for the thrust or what The mirror thought it saw He got a clearer thought And pulled it straight out He got me jumping from a real safe high I want a food for 
ever if you ain't by my side, I want to fool forever if you ain't in my life. I guess been eating away when I found her. All drowned in gray, I might have drowned her. I could have played number, and yeah, I might have seen it all. Inhale, exhale, like never in his life before. It's lightly, it's down smoke, settled in a fabric of the BME. Dropping burger crumbs on the CD floor In the back to our CD store Got the radio rack and the CD door And she filled up on the end and she still needs more That dying blood Six pounds in my pocket Trade Radio. New from Real World Records. Eight classic albums from their catalog on vinyl for the very first time. LPs from Passion Sources, Martin Bennett, Papa Wimba, and more available in store and online at roughtrade.com.
Reviews and subscriptions help to support what we do. So if you like what you hear, then please rate us on iTunes.